hosted by Andy Moss. Andy has been in the staffing industry for over 25 years, first as a recruiter, then eventually an account manager and business owner. This is the podcast where we sit down with fellow staffing owners to get the real stories of the successes, the failures, and the lessons learned along the way. Welcome back to Staffing Stories. I'm your host, Andy Moss, and I am in my basement recruiting uh, recording studio and glad to have you guys back on as listeners. I've got a special guest this week, Mr. Nelson Lizer and Blue Green Vacations, and he's a, a friend of mine in the recruiting industry, and I love what he does um, from a recruiting aspect, and I invited him to be on the show. So welcome to the hot seat. Hey, thank you. I appreciate the invite. We'll have a lot of fun. Well, introduce yourself to our listeners and our, our watching audience and just get uh, kind of bring them up to date where, you know, who you are. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm Nelson Elizer. I was raised in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. So I'm, I'm a hillbilly, I think. I've been in recruiting for almost 26 years, nine years in the agency world and the last 15 in corporate. Okay. Now, that's one thing I wanted to talk about is make it, you know, some of our recruiters that listen to this and, you know, makes the transition from like a third party agency to a corporate side. How did that happen for you? Yeah. So uh, actually every role I've landed eight different companies. Uh, so the ones prior to getting in recruiting and then every recruiting role I've had has always been landed through networking. Yeah. Uh, it's always the harder way to get there, but, uh, you know, it's a little more fun and it sometimes open up, so opens up opportunities you wouldn't obviously see in other spaces. So um, a lady that I worked with in the agency world had moved to Wyndham Vacation Ownership, one of our competitors, and yep. uh, it was my first stint in this industry. And she was a sales recruiter for them uh, for a summer back in 06 and eventually called me and said, hey, apply to be my boss which is not what ended up happening, but uh, I'll, uh, th that's the story. And that was my intro into the corporate space. It was uh, sales recruiting with Wyndham for almost 10 years. So when you talk about uh, networking, I look at recruiting because, you know, that's what I love to do is, man, everybody you talk to, you never know where it circles back around. 100%. Yeah. And, uh, so kind of explain kind of do you, do you have a philosophy around that? Um, because you do it so well, I, I just, I mean, we're trying to get to the secret sauce, but I, you know, I enjoy watching it. Yeah. Listen, I appreciate that. Uh, it, it's, uh, for those that know me really well, it's really not a secret and it's also not a technique. Uh, one of my fraternity brothers, when I first got out of college, uh, gave me a Zig Ziglar book. Don't ask me which one, cause there's zero chance I would remember. But the one thing I do remember is a quote and it was, uh, you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. I probably have butchered it. It's the only quote I, I really ever quote and I probably yeah. missed a word or two. But as soon as I read it, I thought, man, I had, I had spent my life at that point in middle and high school and college really trying to help others get out of their own way and, and be successful in whatever they were doing. So, you know, it resonated. Uh, I was in outside sales for several years before I got into a recruiting space. And I think the reason I've never left recruitment is because of, because of that quote and that way to kind of live life. 
so I say that to say this, Andy, um, I don't really look at a conversation as a necessarily, what am I going to get? It's more of the standpoint of, I'm just curious about people. Yep. If I can help make connections, uh, gosh, you've been in the game a long time too, right? It doesn't take very long to realize that if you'll just be a giver, you will get so much more yeah. than you can ever possibly give away. Well, anybody we touch as a recruiter, you know, we're not going to be able to place everybody we talk to. Oh, yeah, sure. But you definitely want them to walk away from that experience with you either via phone, text, or Zoom nowadays. You know, thing like, I really like that guy. He, you know, he helped me get through some thoughts. Sure. And I, I, I've lived by those same principles of, you know, I may or may not work to place you, but I will, you will leave my relationship better than, than you came in. And some of it's just mental. Some people have gone through like downsizing or, you know, changing a career and they just need someone to talk to and being sure. in it as much as we are. And we're, you know, we're, uh, we see the environment a little bit different. So we try to help them through that. And it's almost like therapeutic. Oh, hundred percent. Listen, one of the most challenging things for um, individuals is can be interviewing. Now there, there are those that maybe enjoy it. I, I'm, I love to interview people, but I also love to interview. I know that's probably not normal. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in sales recruiting longer than I've done anything. And I know some super talented salespeople that cannot stand being interviewed. I, I won't mention their names. Right. Um, and you'd think if any group would love it, it'd be that group, but yeah. you know, not necessarily. So I say that to say it, it's a challenging space. And on the, on the hiring manager side, it's a it's a super critical decision, probably one of the most important they'll make. And there are so few hiring managers that really are super skilled at interviewing. Yeah. So how do you, um, you know, with my third party, you know, with my staffing company, our client managers and working with them, but you have client managers also internally. Are there a big, is there a big difference? Or oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the part that uh, you may need to edit out. I, I'm kidding. I mean, this is the reality for, I think, most any corporation. The agency side for me, for the most part, you are working with super talented hiring managers, especially on the perm side, right? Because for them to pay the permanent placement fee, they had to have some kind of internal equity at the company that would allow the company to say, sure, it's okay to spend 12, 15, 20, 30 grand on this hire, right? So you're working with the A players. Well, on the corporate side, there's all different levels of hiring managers. That's probably the nicest way I could say it. Um, but I tell you this, uh, we service all of them, yep. all the levels. <laughs> so it, it can be a little different, right? Yep. You, don't, you don't get to fire the client, so to speak, if, uh, if you're on the corporate side. We have to help along as like I always, you know, with some of my managers, I have to reiterate is you are recruiting this individual to your company. So don't miss the mark of, yeah, you want to ask questions, but you also want to put a good light in like, do I want to work for this person or with this person? And sometimes my managers tend to forget that. And I have to remind them is like, look, you can help recruit as much as I can, you know, I can bring them to the table, but you've got to sell them on your organization and why you should come work for us. And I, I distinctly remember a couple conversations with one client. like, well, that's not my job. I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> you know, sure. you, no one's going to want to go work for somebody that just doesn't, you know, paint that good picture. 
Oh yeah, a thousand percent. All right. And at the end of the day, if you're the hiring manager, I'm coming to work for you. Right. I'm looking at you as being a potential mentor. And, you know, I, I need you to give me a realistic job preview that shows all sides, but I also need to see some enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> so so if you lack the ability to sell it, uh, that, that could kill kill the deal for sure. And if you're if you have the capability of sitting on a phone interview or sitting behind the scenes of a Zoom interview, you will learn so much about your client and the job opportunity you're recruiting for by just listening. Yeah, and and trust me, it'll probably be totally different than what they gave you on paper. Yep. <laughs> and, and managers think different. Like, you know, this uh, maybe a mid-level manager was not part of the job description, but he's going to say, this is what you're going to be doing. It's probably different. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Agreed. Um, one thing about um, that I love to see from you is you use social media very well. Do you have a thought about the tools you use or like a, a method? Sure. So you want the real thought, right? Um, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure it out. There's the real answer. We all are. It's, um, it, you know, everybody. yeah, it was several years ago that, um, and probably not soon enough in, in all reality, but at least I started to realize uh, that video was going to be an, an important thing. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be 54 the day after Christmas. Um, so I say that to say I didn't grow up with a cell phone. Uh, I, you know, in, in fact, I remember debating, even bothering, you know, would I, would I make that investment? And the younger crowd is laughing right now and I, and I get it. But so I say that to say it was, it was quite terrifying to, um, record myself at first. So, yeah. uh, if you're resistant to that, I get it. Just do it anyway. I'm, I'm not saying my videos are worth listening to now, but they're better than they were. <laughs> so yeah. oh, hopefully yeah. they get a little better. And I think what started me on the journey was really, I'll go back to the quote. I just wanted to see, you know, could I start to share a little bit more about what I've learned? I've been blessed to have a lot of great mentors. So back after I had hit, or right as I was about to hit the 20 year mark in recruitment, I thought I'll just develop this little series and just start to share some things from a candidate's perspective, a hiring manager's perspective, and then a recruiter's perspective. And frankly, that that was the game plan, right, was just to start to share those stories and see what would happen. And as I went down that journey, um, I think that helped me learn a ton. Uh, I probably won't use the right words. So if you ask technical terms, I'm not sure I know them at this point. Right. I know just enough to be dangerous. And then I think there was a massive shift in the social space on LinkedIn in particular during the pandemic. You started to see these influencers arise that were just incredible at the platform. Yeah. And, and to be real, uh, I'm following as, as many of them that I really um, connect with and can learn from. And I think I'm kind of on their coattails. Now, you know, a lot of them are not necessarily in the recruiting space. There are yeah. some that are. And Certainly, I'm following several that have a national audience that are and are doing it really well. I'm not trying to duplicate what they do because I can't be them. Yeah. Uh, and to be fair, they can't be me. I'm not saying they'd want to be, but, uh, you know. Well, uh, you know, okay. I think a lot of people are using, you know, they're trying to figure out, okay, you know, is TikTok good for recruiting? Or, oh, sure. You know, right. Things like that. And, you know, at my age of 50, I'm not, you know, into TikToks and stuff like that. But uh, this younger generation is you know, into that one minute long, which is some beauty into that. Sure. Uh, but I, I just, 
tackling some of these platforms these days and you know where is it meaningful to do facebook where is it meaningful to do um TikTok versus linkedin sure. um, I, I just uh i think that's the 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 best set apart any recruiter can do is what sets you apart in those those fields sure and i think you know you've got to figure out in the world you're working in so in our industry in particular our crowd that we hire for sales and marketing roles within this industry live on facebook and it's not to say that they're not in other areas but in a much greater way they're on facebook so i say that to say i i spend a lot of time on linkedin and i may connect with some leaders in that space for this mm -hmm. particular industry uh, for a majority, and I'm talking more site leaders uh, that would be over a whole operation, a state, a region, that kind of thing. The sales managers and the staff and associate level, they're, they're really on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so most of what you see me do really isn't for the job, if that makes sense. So you've got to kind of know where your crowd is and hire experts to work the other, other pieces. We certainly have some folks that are doing that for this particular company. Uh, but I'm not I'm not the guy that's going to figure out Instagram or or Twitter X, whatever it's called today and TikTok <laughs> and all that stuff. So what would you tell the younger Nelson uh, to encourage him back in the day? Like, what would you say to yourself if you had to go back 22 years and say, I wish I'd known this? You know, I, I got really lucky and I, and I was uh, talking with a couple of UT students last week for some classes. They had reached out to just kind of do an interview and ask some questions and one ask a similar question. And I got really lucky figuring out early on in my career that the manager that I'd go to work for, if it was going to really work well for both sides and be a true win-win, that person would be a mentor for me. Now, not necessarily mentor all areas, but at least be a mentor. Um, so when I look back, when things didn't go as well, because they didn't all go well, not every job move went well, it's when I lost track of that and mm -hmm. didn't, um, I guess, put on the right candidate shoes, if you will, and probe enough as the job seeker to figure out beyond this initial connection with this individual, would they be a good mentor or philosophically did they even agree with that I, I did have a leader in my past that i felt like from an interview perspective we connected extremely well however philosophically that individual believed that a direct supervisor could not mentor you hmm. man had i known that yeah I wouldn't have accepted the job so in that same like where do you look back in your career have made a mistake or something you may regret you learned from and it may be what you just said but i'm just i'm curious if there was a moment or a, a issue that you can kind of pinpoint like you know i really screwed up here but but i learned from it yeah sure um you know I, i've been married almost 26 years i uh, no, i've been married a little over 26 years excuse me i've been in recruiting almost 26 so um, when I made mistakes, it's when I didn't listen to my wife, who was a school teacher and has been a stay at home mom ever since. And she just had an uneasy feeling about the job move. So I need to give credit there for whatever reason. And I thought, you know, she doesn't necessarily know the business world. This is young Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> 50, almost 54 year old Nelson goes, man, if she's not in, I'm out. It didn't yeah. even, <laughs> you can't articulate why that's okay. Right. Yeah. 
and, and I say that it's important to really look at your centers of influence. Um, and for me, certainly Jeannie's a huge, huge part of that and uh, take their wisdom. And, and for all of us, it could be coworkers, it could be former mentors, those kinds of things. So I say there have been some job moves that uh, one in particular she was unsettled about. and <laughs> Hey, it didn't work out. Right. Yeah. Hey, but it checked all the boxes. Yeah. Until it didn't. <laughs> Listening to your spouse is something that my wife has a, a, a keen sense of individuals too. Yeah. Those people she'll, she'll say that person's not going to work out. And I'm like, yeah, they will. I mean, they're perfect. <laughs> they, they don't work out or sometimes they just know they, they just have know. a sixth sense. So I, I, I totally get you there. So when you look at our industry of recruiting, are there things that interest you and in, in just that you see coming down the pike that's like, man, th this could be a game changer? Sure. I think, um, you know, really taking the social space, artificial intelligence and being data driven. And I'll back up, uh, you know, if, if you can kind of move all those pieces together, uh, I haven't really been with an organization that has captured that really well. And I'll, I'll just give a super simple example. I, I see all the same content that job seekers and others talk about on LinkedIn right now and the frustrations and, and you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, a corporate ATS, most of them are garbage. Um, I hope they're not all watching, but you know, like, yeah, all of them, all of them are watching your show. Um, years ago, when I worked at a, at a large staffing firm, I felt like the internal database that that firm had was much more intuitive and made and made better use of a recruiter time than anything I've ever used in the corporate space. And I think there's a couple things that come from that. It's one in the staffing agencies. Uh, that's that's all you do. And so you're going to invest heavily there mm -hmm. on the corporate side we're here to serve the needs of the business. And what tends to happen for most corporations is that means we're going to get what we're going to get. Oh, Hey, it just came with the HRIS system. Oh, right. That's going to be a good sign. Or, you know, it's just, it's just not as good. So what interests me is as corporate TA gets a bigger seat at the table, and can ever convince the the leadership that hey look we could really move mountains if we could make better data driven decisions. So it's all out there. We just haven't found a way to. I, I see most of us in the field on the corporate side haven't found a way to assess what or gain access to what we need from a tool perspective to really tell the story. Well, that's one thing that you know, at, you know, three D IQ we're focused on that business intelligence and yep. you know the the history in your ATS will tell you what's right or wrong. If you're, but if you have to, you have to be able to extract it and see it. Sure. And yeah. I think that's a very valid point. What you're saying is investing in the right systems and equipment. But, you know, I know a lot of people, companies that have every piece of tool in the world, but they don't use it. They maybe use 20% of what they have. And so if you're going to invest in something, you better use it. Hey, listen, if they have it and they don't want to use it, I will gladly take it and learn it. It'll be fine. I know. But I mean, that's something that most recruiters and salespeople have the tool at their fingertip. It's just 
you know, learning it, um, trying to get better at it. I think everybody will say they only use their ATS half of the capabilities it probably does. Sure, sure. Uh, but Fair um, yes. those yeah. capabilities were added in there to help streamline things. So, yeah, uh, sure. I know I learn new things with Bullhorn every day, right. and um, all of them are good. It's just I have to go searching sometimes. Well, we have to get uncomfortable. And, and I think in order to really sustain a career, either as an agency recruiter or a corporate recruiter, the best that I've met across the country and, and met either online or, or face-to-face virtually, however, however we meet in today's world, have been okay with being uncomfortable and yeah. learning and venturing out, right? Uh, I think that's that's probably the most exciting thing to me is this profession as a whole, if you're a lifelong learner, you'll never figure it all out. So it's exciting. Well, if you're going to be in this business as long as we have, um, adapting, because there's, there's no old school recruiting anymore because sure. it's all new school. So um, the stuff we learned 20 years ago, probably 75% of it doesn't apply today. Because we're or not, exists. we're not, you know, if you <laughs> right. show by a phone book, like, what's that? You know, right. Right. but, you know, now we're using different things, different, and you have to learn. So I don't care what your age is, yeah. but you, you, you have to be willing to, to adopt some new techniques or skills that if, if you're not moving forward with your skill development, you're going to be going backwards. Thousand percent. Yes. So just to kind of wrap up this and just kind of wrap up is, you know, are there, you know, trends that that you've been in, you've been putting to work that, um, like either texting, phone calls, email, like what, what seems to be hitting for you when you when you grab talent these days or responding to this when I do this? Sure. Well, you know, this is something that did work twenty years ago and still works now. It, it, it's just never going to meet every single need, and that's. Uh, making sure that you're investing as a, as a corporation in an employee referral program. It's worked every industry I've been in. Uh, again, it, it doesn't land every single hire, but yeah. it has to be a healthy, um, it's gotta be a healthy percentage. So I say that to say, when I look at the candidates that are the most likely to make it through the process, to stick with the process, to show for the first interview, show for the final, show for day one of work and and be successful. And this even goes back into healthcare, by the way. Uh, so three different companies, two different industries. Um, it's been through referrals. So, but those programs have to be nurtured. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you've got to change it up and even change the name and rebrand and commercialize. So, so that's still something that um, continues to be a very important thing that's got to be part of the deal. Uh, on, on the other side, something that I, to be transparent that I don't have my arms around, and that's the amount of folks that um, as I lead a team in the industry that I worked in for 10 years before I went to healthcare, back in the day, it was not uncommon to have 90 to 100 percent of the candidates that I'd book for a first interview show up. Yeah. And today I'm celebrating 60 percent. Yeah, I know. There's so. No so it's, you know, it's a new grading scale, uh, but you, you think about hiring manager education and expectations at that point, you know, a 60% when we were in school was a, wasn't a great grade. And today I'm high-fiving some people for 60%. So. 
Well, it, it, it is shocking. The ghosting, the no shows that it's just, it's common. And, um, sure. and it, it's, it's concerning about where our future will go, but that's for another topic and another, another conversation. But so I always ask my guests at the end, you know, of the podcast, okay, if you're streaming something right now, Hulu, whatever, what, what's your show? What's your go-to? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't admit this online. I, I hand the remote to my wife and we watch a, a ton of different things. Um, I don't know the names of any of them other than, you know, America's Got Talent is a show we watch on a continual basis. And because we met in the college choir, yeah, we both love music. Uh, so the voice is probably, if I had to pick one thing, it's probably yeah. the voice. Hey, that's not a problem. I mean, I ask this question to a lot of guests and I get some of the greatest answers. <laughs> there are some Star Wars nuts that will come out closet and say, oh, oh yeah, sure. Not, yeah, but, I'm all into that too. Yeah. yeah but it, it's, it's always interesting. I get a great response, but Nelson, I really appreciate you being a guest on, you know, staffing stories and yeah, you do sure. a great job and I just keep going, but just thank you for being on, on the hot seat. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for the invite. Appreciate it. Thanks for tuning into the episode. Staffing Stories is brought to you by 3D IQ. We are the future of staffing sales. Our solutions are designed to supercharge your sales and 3X placements, all without ever leaving Bullhorn. Direct market, deliver talent, and drive sales with our all-in-one tool designed for the modern recruiter. Visit 3DIQ.com backslash stories to learn more. Find Staffing Stories on LinkedIn, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts.